Listeners, comic book fans, and anyone unlucky enough to have clicked on the link in that email we recently sent out promising student loan forgiveness, I am sorry, but you've been had. Welcome to a very special episode of Cover B, and by special I mean it is gonna just be me talking at you guys. Uh, T is out on business, she is in Minneapolis and doing Minneapolosian things, I'm guessing. Um... So it's just going to be me, so as I said, very special episode in the sense that, you know, you have half the people talking to you. So it's, you know, it's like when you buy a, you know, value meal at Fast Food, at Fast Food Inc., and you get the bag home and you're ready to have your two burgers, but you just have one burger in there. That's a great moment. Everybody loves that moment. If you don't, uh, you're lying. <laughs> anyway, let's talk some comics. I'm going to, I got quite a few to talk about. It was a hefty week with some really cool stuff. Um, I want to point out one that probably flew under the radar for a lot of people. It's called Hashtag Danger. Um, it's written by Tom Peter with art by Chris Giarusso, which if I said your name wrong, listen to this podcast, I say everyone's wrong. I barely get my own name right half the time. Um, anyway, it had a cool, like, Johnny Quest meets Rick and Morty kind of vibe. Um, it's a team of three people. They don't seem to get along at all, and they're all kind of, you know, very tropish in their own way. Um, doing Johnny Quest things, like, w when we're introduced to them, they're, like, trying to find the Yeti and prove that the Yeti's real. Uh, it was cool. I, I really, I really dug it. The art was a little bit cartoonier than I went in expecting because it has this really cool painted cover. So I was expecting a little bit more like photo real art, but the art works. It fits the kind of aesthetic, like I said, of this like retro team. They even have like team uniforms and like their own team island and stuff. Um, but it's a little bit more crass than what you'd expect from like, you know, a Johnny Quest or, uh, you know, fantastic four kind of thing they you know feed a baby yeti beer and stuff like that so really cool if you can find it i don't know how heavily ordered this would have been i don't remember what i think it was ahoy comics is the company that does it which they're getting some recognition for picking up various titles lately so i mean they might be the new blip on the map soon but uh if your comic shop got it check it out it is worth the read it's funny um, in its own way, it's a little bit weird, but it doesn't try to be more than it is. Um, and it's got some pretty cool extras at the end. There's a comic about a stand, like, kind of washed up grunge stand-up comedian. A few short stories, uh, you know, like, narrative entries. So it was pretty good. 
Um, big news in the world of comics today is all the terrible shit happening to DC superheroes. Uh, we got Deceased, which is DC essentially looking at Marvel and being like, Marvel Zombies is a dumb name. Um, Tom Taylor's writing that one. He did the Injustice stuff, so he knows all about making dark Elseworlds timelines. Uh, it was cool. It You know, zombie stuff is kind of played out at this point like you don't see as many zombie things happening i mean walking dead is losing viewership and i think readership um they're still doing spinoffs though i don't know how that's happening but um you know the walking dead fervor is dying down you're not seeing as many new like zombie movies and zombie shows popping up um so the zombie the zombie hype has kind of died but this one had a cool setup for zombie stuff uh without spoiling too much i just thought it was a really cool way of making zombies it wasn't just like oh there's a disease and when they bite you it spreads ah it actually felt a little bit more and the zombies felt a little bit more crossed zombies like they were kind of berserk more than like i don't know i mean it, they were still they still seemed kind of mindless so i guess they're not really crossed which the cross series if you haven't read it it's messed up uh but it's kind of a post-apocalyptic zombie thing i think written by garth ennis um that basically these people get this they this affliction and they become manic maniac killers you know so uh i don't think this has that i think they're still like brainless zombies but part of them getting infected just felt very cross to me but it's worth picking up if you like big time you know elseworlds things um i'm really surprised this one didn't end up in the black label thing i remember being shocked by that i was really surprised that it didn't end up uh part of their black label stuff but i think black label just has such a kind of um black label on it in the <laughs> in the media uh that it, you know it's got kind of a stigma because of batman's hoo-ha uh <laughs> wing wong i guess hoo-ha is the wrong see i can't do this by myself you know what i mean <laughs> I just get, I get so off. Anyway, um, so that one was good. That one's worth uh, picking up. There's a really dope, um, they're doing horror movie covers for this. Um, so I highly recommend getting your hands on the It cover. So it's got Joker holding the like red balloon, like It, uh, towards Robin. Presumably Jason Todd Robin, because it seems like he's about to get moited. Uh, but it was, it was very, very cool. Very worth picking up. Also, bad shit happening to DC superheroes. Year of the Villain, number one, zero, something came out. It's a 25-cent issue, kind of like how they did um, way back when with DC Universe, right around when they were like relaunching Justice League and stuff. Um, it's cool. It, it sets up a really cool... You know, anytime one of these companies is like, oh, it's going to be bad to be a super person. It always is like, well, you know, how bad could it be? But the, the cool thing about this is that it actually felt very similar to something we've kind of already seen in comics um, that was real bad, which is what happened over in Old Man Logan in the original Old Man Logan run by Mark Millar, uh, where all the superheroes got, or supervillains got together, excuse me, and made a massive push against the superheroes taking just everyone out and every and it just left this like bleak future and the story obviously takes place in that bleak future but we hear about what happened 
Um, and that kind of seems like what's getting set up here. Lex and his Legion of Doom um, are setting up some really intense stuff uh, and joining forces. And from, you know, bits of news and concept art and stuff in the back, it looks like he's going to be, like, upgrading superheroes. So that's really exciting because it's, like, getting to see these – or upgrading supervillains – getting to see these supervillains with like new tech and new armor and new like details um and it's curious there's a part in there with this leviathan guy who's coming up there's a part in there that hints towards what batman who laughs is doing and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the news because they actually recently made an announcement of what's going to happen with him um on the marvel side of things continuing my train of hey you guys don't necessarily want to buy all the war of realms things so let me do that and suffer for you um there's a new war of realms it's a strike force so these strike force things appear to be one shots. so they're not going to be the three issue minis like a lot of these others are um and they take place it, it really probably want to read war of realms war of the realms three before you read this one um i did it the opposite so i was like what the hell is happening here um but it definitely takes place basically in the middle of the third issue <laughs> or kind of at the end i guess kind of at the end is when these take place um but it was it was a cool thing it was another very punisher heavy episode which i'm i'm finding really interesting that punisher seems to be the like really heavily focused on because he had, like, the Punisher played a part in one of the War Scrolls stories in the first issue of that. He's got his own miniseries, three-issue mini. He's part of the Dark Elf Strike Force. Um, but it was a really cool, more psychological book than I expected. With a name like Strike Force, I expected it to be all, you know, guns and blades. <coughs> but a lot of the, excuse me, a lot of the guns and blades take place in War of Realms. And this really focuses on before like immediately before what you see in the war of realms number three and immediately after what you see in war of realms number three for that team um and it was cool it was a very psychological look at the punisher and i just love how much as guardians get frank castle because if i'm not mistaken ghost rider dies and is redeemed cosmic ghost rider die who's frank castle in the future he made a deal with the devil and eventually became a herald of galactus read comic books people i'm not here to explain them to you i am that's my job anyway um <laughs> so cosmic ghost rider died at the hands of young thanos uh and i believe he goes up to valhalla and odin is like hey i'm gonna give you a second chance and sends him back into the past where he meets baby thanos um, and that's what his whole mini Cosmic Ghost Rider was about. And so it's just, it's interesting to me that the, uh, the Asgardians just get the Punisher. Like, they, they just like, man, we get you. And so I really hope that continues being a thing. I would love to see the Punisher just chill in with Asgardians more often. Maybe getting a hammer of his own or something. I don't know. I, th I think it would be really cool. I think the Punisher is a really dangerous character in a lot of ways, especially in today's climate um because you know in the hands of different writers he can really play into kind of toxic masculinity and that you know over-reliance on machismo and like over-reliance on anger as a you know way of life and stuff and it, it's you have to play him delicately but at the same time it sucks how often he's just being used as a foil to the right thing to do 
like oh don't be the punisher he sucks like they even mentioned in this one that captain america does not like the punisher and the punisher even kind of admits that he does not like captain america probably related to like secret empire shit that was going on but um it's 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 just really interesting how as guardians and punisher get along speaking of war of realms number three i don't want to talk about the issue so much as something that it struck me as funny from the back of that book um in the in the very back of the book they have hey we have a theme song for war of the realms go to this website and you can play this song while you read the book now the theme song is written by or composed by it's very good it's actually very good i highly recommend you check it out i'm gonna post it on facebook um and twitter um because it's it's actually really solid it's a really like epic like whoa this is riding into battle kind of tune but it's it was composed by jimmy urine of mindless self-indulgence now i love msi i really do i used to listen to frankenstein girls on freaking repeat in high school i've picked up since then i've expanded and listened to different albums from them and you know, I haven't been to, like, any of their shows and stuff because when I was, like, really into them, I was too young to go to an MSI concert. But, um, you know, they're, they're a part of my childhood. I haven't really kept up with a lot of their, like, modern stuff. But it's funny to me <laughs> that with the whole, um, I guess, drama about James Gunn, right, that Marvel would... Get, I, I don't know if they got him or if he just like wrote them up and was like, hey, I composed this thing. I'm going to use it. But Jimmy Urine of Mindless Self-Indulgence, to whose songs and lyrical content have various references to rape and drugs and stuff. And, they, you know, they have said in the past, I believe, that they, uh, you know, they do a lot of what they do to challenge censorship. It's all about, like, challenging it and, like, being like you're not supposed to put too much weight into this you're not supposed to like take it too seriously like it's it's you know what i mean it's not what i say that kind of thing and it um you know so that's that's their shtick but it's just kind of funny that you know james gunn gets fired for some shock tweets he made about like molestation and rape and meanwhile in the back of war of realms it's like hey check out this song by jimmy urine from msi <laughs> i just thought it was an odd like you know it's the difference between the movies and the comics really as a revenue strain that's that's what it is is that you know the my the religious groups and like moral groups that called out james gunn aren't going to notice it in the comics so it's not so much that marvel really cares about that kind of stuff it's really just that they that disney and marvel you know get weak in the knees when pressure starts coming through social media so something to keep in mind if you need marvel to do something just pressure them on social media doesn't always work though i have been pressuring them for a long time for a thanos conquers the star wars universe book and they won't return my messages anyway uh speaking of <laughs> that was a terrible segue thanos star wars and nothing else i just talked about is involved in what i'm about to talk about but i was like speaking of i'm great at segues uh savage avengers number one also from marvel came out written by gary duggan and with art by mike diodato it's a good book i 
I don't know. I, I didn't expect much. I've never really been into Conan stuff, just admittedly. I've never really been into, like, Electra stuff, just admittedly. Um, I've never been into silencing my phone when I'm trying to record, obviously. Uh, you know, and Venom, I keep up with Venom. Venom's cool. Wolverine has always just kind of been there for me. Like, I didn't have a lot on this book going into it that I was like, yeah, I'm really ready for this. And honestly, the team hasn't really fully formed. You know, it's, it's Venom, Punisher, Elektra, Wolverine, Conan, and Dr. Voodoo. Um, and we only really see Wolverine, Conan, and Dr. Voodoo, and we get a little hint of Venom in this, but we don't see Punisher or Elektra at all. Uh, but what I, what I really like about it is that it seems like it's going to be leaning really heavily on the Conan aesthetic, which I really dig because I thought it was going to lean the other way. I thought it was going to be like Conan, like getting introduced to Quinjets and Conan getting introduced to Shwarma and like weird shit like that. Like let's, you know, Conan, just that man at a time kind of trope. And that was going to be part of the joy. Uh, but I think honestly, the opposite would be a little bit cooler like have these avengers who are avengers you know the punisher venom uh electra wolverine dr voodoo they've all done some crazy shit and helped out in some crazy ways against like huge problems but take them out of their element and make this new guy this conan guy the one that has to like kind of lead the charge i think it's going to be cool you know you got a cult resurrecting an ancient god like a marrow god and he's like really sick and messed up they're built like filling a giant bowl with blood and it's it's all very conan-y and it's it's awesome and i you know we see a lot of wolverine in this one more than the others and wolverine's just like in he's like oh i get this guy <laughs> oh cool yeah yeah i get you and uh it's it cool it's a cool book it's worth picking up if you like those characters if you're kind of just looking for something new in the Avengers kind of world of books, it's also worth picking up. Feels a little bit like Sword and Sandals meets X-Force, if that makes sense to anybody. Um, one final thing just to close out this comic book segment. I know we mentioned it when it was back at number one, but it just closed off its first volume, and I really hope the second volume is soon, but self-made number six is in stores if you guys we mentioned it when number one came out and i just want to rehash like if you guys can get your hands on one through six or eventually when a trade paperback comes out read it i think this is easily like the most flying under the radar book for a lot of people and it's probably one of my favorite comics that i've read in a long time it's just a cool concept it's got some cool art it's got some cool like transhumanism it brings up a lot of philosophical stuff like a lot of really heavy topics are hit on and it doesn't try to swing you one way or another it just puts those topics out there you know what makes a soul what makes a consciousness what makes existence who decides what is and is not that um meanwhile it's all in the guise of this like cool cyberpunk world and there's like androids and there's like video games with like fantasy stuff and alien stuff and it's very action heavy um and the cliffhanger at the end of this is awesome i love it i can't wait to see where it's going uh that's written by matt groom it's got art by eduardo ferragato um please pick it up please support these guys when you read it tweet at them and be like hey this was badass if you see them at conventions or you see them at book signings like go go check it out 
Matt Groom, if this episode ever gets to you, like, dude, keep this, keep this going. Like, your writing of these topics and this philosophy and coming up with this concept is just, it's impressive. So I really, I really want to see this just continue. I think it's, it's one of the best things that's hitting the shelves coming from Image. And now, your Cover B News, with your hosts, Chris and Chris again. It's good tequila. Welcome to the news, everybody. Um, bunch of things going on, a couple of trailers to talk about. Um, obviously not necessarily comic book based, but we don't stick to comics here. We just talk about nerd stuff, right? Sonic trailer is out. Uh, it it's funny because I, they're very different movies, but I had a very similar reaction to the Sonic trailer that I had to the Joker trailer. In that, I think it looks like a fun movie, and I'm interested to see it. Uh, but. I don't think it's a good Sonic movie. Obviously, everybody, like, the internet is easily outspoken about how they feel about the Sonic redesign. There's also, like, somebody did a restructure of Sonic based off of a scene from the uh, trailer that everyone has agreed is like, that's better. He essentially just kept the textures and made it look like animated Sonic. Um, I agree that it's weird, he, his body looks like, you know, a toddler in a jumper wearing a mask, you know. Um, I don't know why they didn't feel the need to make him look cartoony, but also didn't feel the need to tweak him so much that a lot of him was more organic. You know, like, he still has very cartoony eyes, very cartoony face. His proportions are still a little bit off. So he's, like, somewhere in the middle. He's, like, some cartoon was trying to pull a cool world and like get into the real world by you know having sex with james woods i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen cool world if you get that reference point to you uh but like somewhere along the way they like got stuck and like only halfway made it so they're like somewhere stuck between like cartoon world and real world so it's just it's kind of bizarre the you know trailer looked fun it looks like a fun movie it's got <clears throat> a bang up cast i will always and forever love jim carrey i love that he's playing such a weird uh villain you know what i mean like it's not like a very serious villain and so i think it takes somebody who's very like multi-layered in their comedic ability to really like get that across um and you know james marsden love james marston ben schwartz is voicing sonic which he's doing a great freaking job um so it, it just looks good it's got neil mcdonough it's got tika sumter like it's got so many people in it and I, it just it looks fun the graphics don't look that bad in terms of like the big robotic things and stuff but it's just it's gonna be very hard to get past uh how sonic looks so hopefully maybe like i don't know if they have time or what I think this was the first like big trailer uh so maybe they'll have time to kind of tweak it and make it fit a little bit better that's kind of the benefit of having cgi characters is that you can go in and 
retweak if need be. I think they did that with the Ninja Turtles, didn't they? They like remove the nose a little bit. I don't I don't remember, but I know everyone was pissed about the nose. <laughs> Which whatever. Um but it it looks good. Check it out. Tell me what you think. You know, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram if you hit people up on Instagram, I don't know. Uh and let me know. It's just I don't know. I don't know why they had to make his body look so human, I guess is where I'm getting. Like it's not like it's hard to make people run fast, like to get the like special effects of someone running really fast. I mean Flash of the Arrowverse has been making Grant Gustin run fast for years and they didn't give him like little weird toddler legs, so I don't know what I don't know what the, the thinking behind that. Uh, there's also a Swamp Thing trailer, which is worth checking out. Not a whole lot happens. I'll give you the basic cliff notes. There's a lot of roots and mud and water and the, like, ever-present screams of a woman. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what I imagine Darren Aronofsky, like, what he dreams about when he's on, like, a fishing trip. Um, it was weird. It uh, We didn't get that good of a look at what Swamp Thing is going to look like. Um, but it, it, you know, if they keep the horror thing going, it could be pretty cool. If they keep it like really dark and really horror, like, I don't think there was an inch of sunshine in that entire trailer. So that could be cool. You know, keep it like very grim, very horror-tastic. It's a weird, like, that's a weird character with a lot of horror elements to it. You know, defending the green and stuff like that. I don't know if they'll go into the whole like defender of the green thing or if they'll just keep the series mainly to him like first getting like becoming the swamp thing out of pulling himself out of the muck and the mire um so we'll see uh movie news the suicide squad movie has just cast an obviously very important role um you thought harley quinn was important to the suicide squad you thought deadshot was important to the suicide squad killer croc you're wrong all over the place who are you get out you know who's important to the suicide squad polka dot man yeah blew your mind so actor david desmalchian whose last name is very fun to say uh you probably know him as the russian dude from ant-man uh various other things he was abracadabra in the flash i uh, got a cameo in dark knight so he's been around super people quite a bit but he has been cast as polka dot man and i love it i love it next we need to cast the condiment king get paul rudd in there playing condiment king or ti get ti get the band back together ti play the condiment king have uh let's see michael pena can play egghead yeah it'd be great be great i'm just saying dc call me uh <laughs> so that's really fun Hulu has announced that a Ghost Rider and Hellstrom uh, show is in, uh, or shows, Ghost Rider show and a Hellstrom show are in the works, um, which is really cool. I, I They don't have much details right now. They've just announced that it's on the books. Uh, for those who don't know, Damon Hellstrom is also known as the Son of Satan, and he likes to have his shirt off and show off his cool pentagram tattoo. 
I think it's dope. I was really hoping when the Netflix stuff was going on that they'd eventually start getting into like some Ghost Rider and some Moon Knight and some Hellstrom and stuff like that. Get some Spirits of Vengeance going on. Uh, really like dive into the like dark mystic stuff. Now that we've got Doctor Strange doing his mystic stuff, we need to hit that other side, like the dark side. It's kind of like how, you know, Captain America and Iron Man, you know, we see them doing the very, very heroic stuff. And then we see like Punisher and Daredevil doing the darker side of heroic. We need that with the mysticism, you know? Um, so that's cool. I'm very excited for that. So hopefully we'll get more details soon. Maybe we'll start getting some casting, but Hulu's got a lot on its plate in terms of, uh, you know, stuff coming up. Hulu and Disney Plus both. There's a lot happening there, but uh could be cool so the details we do have it is live action uh the ghost rider show is going to feature gabriel luna reprising his role as robbie reyes he was in the agents of shield run um but this apparently is going to be separate from that it's going to be a new iteration of the robbie reyes character which i love i know there's a lot of bitterness towards robbie reyes i think he just works better than um than johnny blaze does Plus, you know, we have the Ghost Rider movies for those, so it would be nice to take a step back. Uh, but Robbie just feels a lot more modern. I feel like he can relate to a more modern audience. Uh, as far as Hellstrom goes, it's supposedly uh, going to focus on Damon and his sister Anna, uh, who are the children of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. Um, whether that means Satan or it's someone possessed by Satan or whatever it turns out to be, uh, we still don't know, but they're both going to be live action, so that's cool. Um, and they're both probably going to be gritty and gory and delightful. In other Marvel cinematic and whatnot news, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, the guys behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, just signed what's being referred to as a mega deal with Sony. Now, if something has the word mega in front of it, you know it's freaking massive. And the fact that they had everywhere you read has to refer to it as a mega deal means that it's big time. So the deal itself is a five-year overall deal with Sony Pictures Television. Um, I don't believe they've talked about what specifically is going to be coming out of it, but I know they're going to be focusing heavily on Spider-Verse. Um, I know, you know, Black Cat and Silver Sable have been thrown around uh, but I don't think they've come out and said, like, specifically what shows they're going to be doing. But they're going to be on a five-year mega deal with Sony to pump out more Spider-Verse quality, uh, into the Spider-Verse quality television programs for Sony. And that's so exciting. I mean, obviously, we'll still have the Into the Spider-Verse sequel. There's still plans to have the, like, Spider-Girls-focused one. So one that has Spider-Gwen and Spider-Woman and... You know, maybe Anya, Karzodin, and people like that. Um, but uh, this is cool. This is really cool. Like, I can't wait to see what kind of series we get. I can't wait to see if they keep it strictly light with the, you know, kids. Or maybe we get a Black Hat series that's a little bit, like, more mature. Not like, you know, Rick and Morty mature, but somewhere in the middle. Uh, but it'd be cool. I mean, I'm really pumped for that. So big talks on all the Game of Thrones fans' lips are the big battle uh, from uh, Battle of Winterfell. Now I don't I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I feel like it was worth bringing up. Um, so the episode "The Long Night" 
culminated in this massive battle and everyone's talking a ton of trash about it to be honest one of the biggest things that comes up is a shocking criticism to hear about game of thrones which is that the battle was just too darn dark and i don't mean like dark in a in a content sense i mean it literally was lit poorly um recently the director for the cinematographer for game of thrones has come out and said kind of clarified why it was dark um he says a lot of the problem is that a lot of people don't know how to tune their tvs properly a lot of people also unfortunately watch it on small ipads which in no way can do justice to a show like that anyway uh that's a bullshit excuse <laughs> i'm just saying I, I talked to plenty of people that watched it on like big hd screens and they were like yeah it's you know it's too dark you know yeah, yeah, yeah if i turn a paper into a professor and he gives me an f i can't just be like well you probably just didn't get it you know no i get get good uh he goes on to talk about it a little bit more he says the showrunners decided that this had to be a dark episode We'd seen so many battle scenes over the years to make it truly impactful and to care for the characters, you have to find a unique way of portraying the story. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was probably just a mistake. Like, I think maybe they just didn't put a lot of thought into the lighting. There was other things about the way the battle kind of panned out that a lot of people are criticizing, mainly in, like, strategic senses everybody suddenly everyone is like a medieval age general but i mean a lot of it makes sense you know the use of the catapults and when to send in your cavalry and stuff like that like it it, it all makes sense um but as far as the dark thing i think it was probably just you know they they wanted it dark maybe they went a little too dark maybe they just didn't plan for how to compensate for the dark you know um i know somebody mentioned to me that one of the showrunners said i don't i don't know who i don't have like a real quote about this but i guess one of the showrunners mentioned how they wanted the use of fire to simulate hope so then when people died and their the flaming swords and the fires went out and stuff like that it was like the end of hope but i don't know so a lot of a lot of people are talking about that the battle of, battle of winterfell was less than uh epic I guess, and that's it's kind of surprising to hear about this new season, the final season of Game of Thrones, um, which has been ultimately positive for for the most part. So cool DC news that I'm really excited about. Um, they announced a new Batman Superman team up comic. This is gonna be Bat and Supes uh, back in the saddle together. Uh, it's gonna be written by Joshua Williamson, and it's going to focus on batman and superman investigating the dark multiverse um specifically after the batman who laughs succeeds in quote an evil conspiracy to infect six heroes in the dc universe so the batman who laughs who first of all they need to change his name i really hope i just i just hope at some point in time they change this guy's name is it's just weird that people are legitimately calling him the batman who laughs it's it's bizarre it's strange that i'm reading the batman who laughs series right now and batman literally refers to him as like the batman who laughs and sometimes people just call him the one who laughs and it's just it's so weird like i hate it so much i just give him like a real name like 
figure out a cool demonic evil ass name and go with it you know what i mean like call him uh bad man there you go solved it anyway um so he has been kind of in the background and the batman who laughs series has been really kind of underwhelming like i feel like this character who literally is batman and has all the like powers and strategicness and combat capabilities and stuff of batman would be a lot more daunting than what he's kind of turning out to be in batman who laughs granted we haven't seen his full plan come to fruition he's kind of just dropping dead bruce waynes all over the place um but it'll be interesting to see him used in a much more maniacal way like really like i have this plan i'm going forward with it because that's what bruce wayne does best is bruce wayne plans he makes a plan and he freaking drives it and he like plans and plans again and plans again and he's got layers upon layers of his plans and so if an evil person did that had like this big web of like plan a's and plan b's and all this you know that would be terrifying so i'm really excited to see when that comes um i don't know if they have said specifically when i just they like just announced it um but it's it's exciting news i am really pumped for that it's gonna be august so it's gonna go on sale on in august um, so at the end of the summer, we'll have a really cool Batman Superman title. Hopefully they keep it dark. I mean, I don't know how you can't when you're investigating the dark multiverse, you know, uh, but we'll see. So that's going to finish it up for me, guys. Thank you for listening. I know it was kind of just a rambly episode. There wasn't a lot of like laughter or jokes and people playing off of each other, but it's the best we could do. Um, in the future, when one of us goes out of town, we're going to try to like audition people to have like sub-ins <laughs> you know like tag-ins um i also threw around the idea of me doing the entire episode like bizarro superman so maybe that's something i'll do in the future or like do an impression do like christopher walken or something i don't know just something to keep it fun you know uh but thank you for listening um as always you can catch up with us and check out all our episodes on coverbpodcast.com uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Cover B Podcast, and you can follow T and I on our personal Instagrams. We're constantly posting stuff on there, so check it out. Uh, if you want any cool merch, we have that on our website, and we're definitely looking for you know engagement. Um, so by all means, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, you know, contact us directly. Come to our house and knock real loud in the middle of the night and shout your your comments at us. You know, if you have an idea for a third segment in an episode, love to hear it. An idea about something to discuss, like a key issue or something, love to hear it. If you want to just talk with us about, hey, like, you said this in your episode, I want to have a discussion about it. By all means, I say some controversial shit. Uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to be down at Megacon. I think that's the 15th and the 16th, I believe. Maybe the 14th and the 15th. Anyway, uh, suck it weekend third weekend in may uh we're gonna be down there so if you're going down there if you see us i'll probably be wearing a cover b shirt so if you see me uh bald guy with a cover b shirt just give me a high five smack on the butt tell me i'm doing a good job so uh until next week we will see you again right here for another episode of cover b